0: We haven't even had Halloween yet. But the holiday season has come early because finally joining us in this NFL season is our brother from the Daily Blitz. He is one of the best in the business, covering both the National Football League and college football. He is one of the genuinely nice dudes. He is our brother. He is Christian Simpson coming back onto the sports cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marber, Devin Tingle, Paul Shivari, and myself, Mike Mercado. Legend. What is up?
1: man it's good to be back as always thank you so much for having me on
0: of course uh first of all congratulations on the podcast that's now on its thank second you. season some great thank stuff you. a lot of a lot of participation from the audience we actually Thanks. have some audience participation for this show since you are joining us we'll get to that in just a little bit but of course we're going to talk some bears We're going to talk some NFL, some pros. But before we get to that, I wanted to get your quick thoughts on what happened between Tennessee and Alabama. How big of a win was that for the Vols? I know you cover the NFL like a blanket, but I know one of your passions is collegiate football and SEC football being one of the kings of this sport. What did you think when you saw this legendary game this past weekend?
1: Man, well, I knew it was going to be a problem for for Alabama because dating back to that Texas game, I saw Alabama had a ton of problems. Their secondary isn't all that great this year. And you think of all the Alabama teams that won championships, all those teams have one thing in common. They scared you. Nobody fears this Alabama team now. Texas could have beat them if Quinn Ewers never went down. But just knowing the the problems that Tennessee puts on the perimeter – Offensively, I knew that was going to be an issue for for Alabama and that secondary. There's only so much that your front seven can do, but if you're not covering in the back end, there are going to be issues across the board. And coming into that game, my X factor was Tennessee's wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, and the kid went out and scored five touchdowns. And my thing, I'm just saying to myself, look, you might want to guard him, like number 11 right there. You might want to double him. You might want to put safety help over the top. anybody but him and they didn't do it <laughs> and they got burned for it but tennessee is the real deal i love what they do offensively they run the football which is very small have i think one of the best quarterbacks in, in the country and hendon hooker um kind of reminds me a little bit of randall cunningham like just you know the ability to move the ability to throw the ball on the run and coming into this game he didn't turn the ball over no, he turned the ball over a couple times, but he has Tennessee in great position. They've passed one test. Now, let's see if they can pass another test in a couple of weeks
0: when they play Georgia. Devin, what do you got for Christian?
2: Oh, Christian, you know me. I am a huge quarterback fan. Every time I have, have you on the show, I got to say something about some quarterbacks in the league. And uh-huh. it's kind of weird now because I think for like, what, the past 20, 30 years now, there's been a team that has never had a quarterback issue within the New England Patriots and it seemed like last year Mac Jones was going to be the guy. But now we're having this debate. Is it going to be Jones or Zappi here? So I'm curious, who do you think is going to get the starting role this upcoming week and for the rest of the season? And do you think either of these men are going to be the guy who can save this team? Or is are the Patriots done being the new dynasty we expected them to be for all these years?
1: Um, I'm a firm believer in sticking with the hand that's high. I think I would go with Bailey Zappy because he hasn't lost in the game yet. I said the same thing about Cooper Rush. A couple of weeks ago with the Dallas Cowboys. And that situation kind of reminded me of 2016. Tony Romo comes in, gets hurt. Young Dak Prescott comes in, and the rest is history. Cooper was playing well up until Sunday in South Philadelphia against the Eagles. But I like what Bailey Zappi does. He takes care of the ball. And when you think of the Patriots, they're not gonna coach you to your strengths. They're not gonna make you mobile, they're not gonna make you run the football. If you don't have that ability to run. Yeah, if you ever notice that about New England, they stay within their box. So if they don't have possession receivers, they're going to beat you with a short and intermediate passing game. If they don't have the corners to play man coverage, they're going to play zone. So I would stick with Zappi until until he gives you a reason to bench him. And look, he's won his last two games, and he almost beat Green Bay a couple of weeks ago. Um, There's no tape on him. Kevin, and you're learning how to defend him and you're learning how to prepare for him as the season goes on.
0: Marvelous. This NFL season, we've talked a lot of bears, but we get a chance to go national with our brother, Christian Simpson, who's covering everything like a blanket over at the daily blitz. Make sure you guys are checking him out all over the universe. We'll get to all the plugs in just a second, but marvelous, our coach, our scout, what do you got for Christian?
2: I wanted to talk about our friends
1: up north, the Packers. Okay. Uh, it looks like the receiving core isn't what it used to be. Right. And, and is there going to be a time where the Bears can be on par with them if, if we improve and, and they seem to come down a little bit? Well, the Green Bay Packers aren't that team that we're accustomed to seeing. If you think about it, Aaron Rodgers has always had receivers that he could lean on. He had Jordy Nelson for a couple of years, had Devontae Adams. But to be honest with you, Dan, I'm going to point the finger at Aaron Rodgers. He was selfish. And that's the reason why Devontae Adams won it out of Green Bay, because he took the money instead of structuring his deal to make it franchise friendly and give Devontae what he wanted. Look at Tom Brady. He's done this for a majority of his career, hasn't taken the most money, always restructures his contract and says, look, Put that money you were going to give me, put it toward the betterment of the football team. And this is the reason why I can't put Tom Aaron Rodgers in the same category as Tom Brady. That's what separates the two from being good and being outstanding. But Green Bay, I said coming into the year, they had to build this offense around Aaron Jones, because until you're on par with your new receivers, run the football, because what's running the football do? It forces teams to put additional guys in a box use that play action, then you can take a shot down the field. I just see Aaron trying to force feed the ball to a lot of these receivers. I remember the first game of the year against the Minnesota Vikings. Aaron threw a a bomb, a typical Aaron Rodgers pass to Christian Watson and didn't look at that kid the rest of the game. And that's going to kill a kid's confidence moving forward. You got to get him involved. Let him know, okay, look, in this business, you shake that playoff and you just – Run the next play. I'm going to find you again. And you don't see that with him. I just find Aaron trying to force feed that ball. And look at what the Jets did to him on Sunday. They were able to get home with three, sometimes four. No blitzing, putting him on his back. Defensive line
0: was just more physical. The Packers can't stop the run. They're soft. Tuatango Violoa is coming back to the starting lineup for the Miami Dolphins. And this was a crazy scenario we saw on Thursday mm-hmm. night football after the concussion that, or the back injury that he had the weekend before. Christian, you've seen the response from the NFL. You've seen how so many quarterbacks, including Teddy Bridgewater in Miami and Kenny Pickett and a lot of these cats that we're going to see the rest of the season are going to be taken out of games. Your reaction, somebody who's played the game, somebody who scouts the game, somebody who loves the game from Pee Wee, from Pop Warner High School, College to the National Football League, this this eye on concussions again something that I think the league tried sweeping under the rug for a couple years especially after that lawsuit but now that everything is coming to the forefront once again and that scary injury where we saw Tua in the middle of that field your reaction to the NFL's response how we got to that situation to begin with and where we might be heading into this new age of football when it comes to protecting not just the quarterbacks but these players from uh, brain trauma.
1: Yeah, one. Two, it should have came out that game and uh, when they played Buffalo in week three. Because, look, I've had my fair share of injuries, but never have I felt woozy or wobbly after a back injury. You see what I'm saying? So that right there, he should have never came into that game. The following week, he gets hit, and I'm scared for him because he looks motionless at this point. And did you guys see his fingers and how those – Yeah. Yeah. Like that scares me. Like the analyst in me just kind of went out and this is me kind of reacting to this as a former player. He should have never been out there in that, in that situation because I just thought the turnaround from Sunday to Thursday was too short. And I remember saying this, you know what this incident reminded me of when Kevin Durant played for golden state and he ruptured his Achilles. He should have never been out there in that game on the basketball court. I know they're two different sports, but sometimes you have to separate a, pers- a, a player's long-term health from their competitive nature. And it's tough to see Tua go out on, on a stretcher like that when that could have easily been avoided. He should have never been in that game against the Bengals, and he should have never came back in that game against the Buffalo Bills because he was wobbly, and you could tell. He was clearly concussed. What more did he have to show you? Like, that was a red flag right there of itself. Now, my thing is with the NFL moving forward, yeah, they're going to be more strict about these about these um, concussion protocols and everything. Like, if, if a guy is showing you clear signs that he's concussed, don't put him in the
0: game, plain and simple. Christian Simpson joins us today on the Sports Cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Chivari, and myself, Mike Mercado. Check out all the amazing work. If you are addicted to college football and the National Football League, go over to the dailyblitz.blog. And of course... Follow the show on Twitter, follow the website, follow the podcast that Christian's doing over at Daily Blitz underscore 61, and he's doing some amazing stuff over at the Evening Quarterback, but marvelous one, a lot of football still to behold an entire season. What else has your brain rattling and that evil mind, e-genius mind of your boy? <laughs>
2: well, you're, we're talking about
1: Tennessee uh, and Alabama. of the SEC, I mean, you're going to, it looks like it's going to
2: be maybe two teams again Playing for the championship uh, when it gets down to it, and then then I wonder what Christian thinks about the whole thing: Oklahoma and Texas during the SEC,
1: and then the and then the USC and Southern, you know, USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten, I like, and, and looking forward to UCLA playing Rutgers on a Thursday night. I mean, it's insane. Some of it doesn't even make any sense, except for football, obviously. So, what's going on with the, with the conferences, and what do you think about the future of? of uh, college football with this, all these changes. Well, with the, with the SEC right now, uh, I just think there are three teams that really stand out Alabama. They're still going to be there, but that big game in a couple of weeks um, between Tennessee and Georgia, that's going to pretty much determine who wins the division, who's going to represent the SEC East in the conference championship in Atlanta, Georgia, that first Saturday in December, um, Texas and Oklahoma joining The SEC, excuse me, I'm kind of questioning it because I don't think they're built for the SEC. Because when you think of SEC football, three things come to mind. One, I think of special teams. Two, I think of hard-hitting, stingy defenses. And three, I think of teams that can score when they have to. And I think both Texas and Oklahoma kind of cover one of those when it comes to scoring. Oklahoma on the defensive side, I think they can be strong under brent venables because he's coming into a year where he didn't really get a chance to recruit his players so yeah oklahoma kind of looked like they were turning the page earlier in the year but let him get the type of players he wants to run on his defense and i think they could fare well but it's gonna be they're gonna have some long seasons (laughs) in the sec usc Man, just keep them in a Pac-12. Just do the, like I, I don't get it. To be honest with you guys, I, I really think realignment is putting a dent in college sports.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to definitely uh, marvelous. I know you and I have talked about this for a long time because I love the chaoticness that is realignment. But listening to both Christian and the marvelous one talk about this, we might have to do an entire special of that alone when the realignment actually starts taking fold. And USC and UCLA are playing in Northwestern's new billion dollar stadium in a few years. So this is going to be let something me know. We're going to have to definitely talk about. Definitely. But just Let me know. I will be here that's and that is why you're the man before we head out of here we got a couple more minutes with the man the myth the legend himself christian simpson devin what do you got for our guy today
2: well i guess since uh the Paulacious one's out sick i feel like I, I need to ask this for him christian uh so let me just get my glasses on <laughs> my little mustache going
0: <laughs> so, wrong, uh, liverpool.
2: Go liverpool! go so, liverpool uh, christian uh last year the raiders made the playoffs but uh this year they're not doing so well. Kind of coming in last place here, and I thought with the big changes of Devontae Adams coming in, he's going to punch me in the face when he actually he's hears punch this. Super hard. This would definitely help the uh, Raiders out there. I mean, granted, we've seen Devontae Adams' attitude a lot, really playing the factor here. And yes, guys like Hunter Renfro being injured, what almost every other game now is definitely playing the factor here. So, do you think there's any hope for the Raiders here, or are they better off just tanking for the rest of the season?
1: I think. Look, they're not. They're going to struggle for the remainder. <laughs> And just due to the simple fact, I'll tell you, when the AFC West made all those moves with Russell going to Denver, the Chargers getting Khalil Mack, Kansas City trading away Tyreek Hill, and the Raiders acquiring Devontae Adams, the Raiders were still at the bottom of the division. I me, mean, due to the simple fact, I don't trust their defense. Like, their offense has capabilities of putting it in the end zone, stretching the field, giving you that explosive play down the field. But you got to be able to stop people. So with a straight face, Devin, I ask you, outside of Max Crosby, who on this defense really scares you?
2: Uh, That's a very good question here. But if I'm going to go Paul, oh, well, there's this guy and that guy. (laughs) He was like a first-round draft pick prospect. But that's a good quick uh, question, Christian. I'm going to tell you this. I will never sign the Raiders' defense in our fantasy league over here. Why would you do that? Why didn't you come to me? Why I would, didn't you come to me? I wouldn't. No, I said I would never sign him.
1: Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, I yeah, yeah. He, wouldn't be on look, this, yeah. he wouldn't be on the show if he did that. Look, look. Because if you did that, me and you were going
0: to have to talk like after the show.
1: 10 minute lecture. We're just throwing We're hands
0: on this episode today of the sports cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> we just people are just catching fades left and right. Christian, <laughs> we got a few more minutes uh Let's before we get the question of the day from our listeners that could follow you, of course, on Twitter if they want to make sure that they're staying interactive with the website over at daily blitz underscore 61. You can follow the okay. show on Twitter at sports cubicle TV. We got a question from an audience member in just a second, but 15, 20 seconds on this one. Hot take time. Right. Let's do it's it. Justin Fields, the guy.
1: I think he is, if he's used the correct way. Like the same problems that they had with him last year, they're doing that with him again. Like you're trying to turn him in to a pocket passer. You have to coach a quarterback to his strengths, you know, and it's tough that they haven't put the proper offensive line around him, but get the weapons around him, let him play his game and, I think you'll see his potential. You know, it's tough because as a quarterback, you're getting a lot of the blame left and right. It's going to start with you. It's going to end with you. But coaching's a big factor in this. A perfect example I'll give you. Look at Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, it took him a couple of games to get acclimated. Now, his third year with Tampa Bay, he's running the offense exactly how he ran it in the England.
0: All right, before we get to our question from one of the listeners, one of the loyalists of the Daily Blitz and the Sports Cubicle, I just have a yes or no question for you. Uh Uh-huh. Bryce Young is a Detroit Lion next year.
1: I'll lean yes. I'll lean. No, you know what? You know what? I'm going to scratch that. I'm going to say no because I don't think he's ready yet. For the NFL, there's a couple of things he has to work on. Not knocking the kid and his
0: talent, but this is a different level of football. But I'm going to say no right now. What do the people, the peoples have for us, Christian? It is time for a top five, my guy.
1: Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I want to hear this. So what do you
0: got? Tell me. The audience members asked you. They wanted to know your top five What?
1: Defensive players of all time. So for everybody who knows Christian.
0: That I've seen. That I have seen. Everybody knows Christian. A man of fine taste. Knows offense. You know how like the marvelous one here is watching high school basketball. Going to Mac basketball games in the middle of winter. Christian is watching high school football. Watching collegiate football. But more more specifically, watching the secondary. Watching the defense. Watching people get hit let him go Christian let's get our top five to end this bad boy
1: wow man they they really put me on the spot with this top five defensive players that I've ever seen I'm gonna go five to one okay five is Charles Woodson yeah let's do this
0: let's do this right
1: number five Charles Woodson like this guy was the jack of all trades playing corner he could play the slot He could play guys on the outside, he could play man, he could play zone, he tackled, and then he gets to Green Bay because he knows he's losing a little bit of mileage with his speed, switches to safety, becomes a defensive player of the year. Remember, this is the first guy to win a Heisman as a defender. And I mean, just hard hitting, made the guys around him better, um, A ball hawk, always around the ball. You know, I think he's one of the few defensive backs in in NFL history with 50 interceptions and 40 sacks. He could play in the box as he got older. And he got smarter as he got older because he's seen everything. But, yeah, Charles Woodson at number five. And he's a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. Number four. Wow. My number four is a guy that's currently playing right now. Aaron Donald, you guys know my rule. You better have game if you have two first names. I mean, he, he dominates the game and he can take it over. He's that one guy that you say, yes, I have my pen right here. Look, wherever he is, we have to know where he is at all time. We have to circle where he is because he will wreck. Your entire offensive game plan, he's John Randall, 20 pounds lighter. I, I think he's better than John Randall. At this point, and, but just the fact that he's able to create a pass rush from the interior, stops the run, just dominates, commands triple teams. How many defensive linemen have you seen get triple teamed? And there have been a lot of great guys to play defensive end and defensive linemen. Strahan, Bruce Smith, Jason Taylor, and those guys I just listed all own Gold Jackets in a Pro Football Hall of Fame. But Aaron Donald, look, he, he's a man amongst boys. And I mean, look, he's done it all. The three defensive player of the years and now has that super bowl he could have walked away from this game and he would have been a hall of famer five years from now number three. Oh man number three um i'm going to baltimore ed reed he was an offensive minded player on the defensive side of the ball and just like i said that one guy you had to circle in on him to see where he was at all times, because he is the only guy I know to make Tom Brady use one half of the field. And I even remember Tom saying, yeah, we got to know where number 20 is at all time. But he made arguably the greatest play I think I've ever seen from a from a safety. It was 2009. The Colts are playing the Ravens. This is Peyton Manning. Slightly past his prime, still playing at a high MVP level. Ed's coming in the box. Peyton's doing his little audible sheriff thing, and Ed drops back because he knows what Reggie Wayne's about to run, and he pretty much followed Reggie and got to where Peyton wanted to put the ball and pick the ball off And I remember Bill Belichick saying that's the greatest play he's ever seen a safety make, and when you have a, a legend like Bill Belichick praising you, that's really saying a lot, but once that ball hit his hands, he was... He was gone. Like he was a menace in that field in space, you couldn't bring him down, and I always call him the heartbeat of those Baltimore Ravens teams. Number two. Number two, look, he looked at me as if I were crazy for not having, it all, having him on this list. I'm talking about the guy that's really turned Jackson State around and turned them into an HBCU powerhouse. You know where I'm going. Prime time. Beat by Dion. That's a Jay Z reference, by the way. Mr. Dion Sanders, greatest corner ever. Name a guy that shut down one side of the field. Look at all the guys he shut down to do it. Jerry Rice, arguably the greatest wide receiver of all time. Michael Irvin, one of the best, and he's a Hall of Famer, but Dion's the reason why you see so many of those shut down corners today. Like guys that can shut down the entire side of the field and they make you think twice and they make you hesitate. Look, we're not throwing in your direction. And finally, number one, the greatest defensive player I've ever seen with my own eyes is that guy that played for Baltimore. He's the greatest middle linebacker ever. Ray Lewis. And that rule applies for him too. You better have game if you have two first names Um not only was he the I won't say he was the heartbeat because that was Reed, Ray was the emotional leader you know you see those huddles where Ray Lewis is getting them all pumped up and he has he has the 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 chalk all smeared on his face and he's getting in the face uh, of every player and you even had 10-year veterans saying look I'm following his lead and he hasn't even been on this team five years but he was as instinctive of a defensive player as I've ever seen, he knew what was coming sometimes before a defense even knew what what they were gonna run. Like I remember a game, two thousand and ten, games on the line, Baltimore Ravens then San Diego Chargers, and Ray almost knew that a running play was coming, and he just burst through the a gap and stopped it and just, and called game pretty much. But I mean, he was always around the ball. He moved sideline to sideline, got after the passer. Just, you know, he was that guy that made everybody around him better. Yeah, Ray is the best defensive player I've ever seen with my
0: own two eyes. And before Chicago goes after him, Brian Urlacher was number six, just couldn't get to the top five, guys. (laughs) And marvelous, I expect a top five best offensive rebounders in the NBA from 1996 to 2004 on the next episode of the Sports Cubicle, okay? Dennis Rodman. (laughs) (laughs) With the one. Christian, where can the people find you, my friend? Yeah, log on to the website, thedailyblitz.blog,
1: become a subscriber today, enter your email address and anything that goes on the site. You will get to your email inbox. Follow us on Twitter at dailyblitz underscore 61. Like the Facebook fan page, facebook.com. Go to the search box, type in the Daily Blitz and then follow us on Instagram at the Daily Blitz underscore 61.
0: He's a man of the people. He is a brother of ours. He is one of the best in the business, covers everything like a blanket. He is a man. He is the man, the myth and a legend. He is Christian Simpson. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. We'll join us later on in the season to break down a lot more craziness of college football playoffs and NFL playoffs. But until then, we hope you guys are checking out all the amazing work he's doing over at the Daily Blitz. He is the best in the business. Much appreciated, brother. We got more coming up on the Sports Cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle. Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado.